Today's episode of the Movie Lovers Podcast is brought to you by the Movie Network. The Movie Network is a film-centric website that offers a wide array of all things cinema-related, including film news, reviews, giveaways, and showtimes. You can even post reviews and various content and communicate with other cinephiles. They have unique content going in every day. Basically, if you want info on a particular movie and want some originality in your otherwise mundane internet browsing, then the Movie Network should be your end all, be all source for anything film related. So, type in www.themovienetwork.com in your address bar and enjoy. Now on with the show. Hey, movie lovers. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Movie Lovers Podcast, official podcast of Films We Watched. On today's episode, we have special guest Randall Unger from the Movie Network talking about the 2015 Oscar nominations and reviewing Paul Thomas Anderson's latest film, Inherent Vice. To follow Randall, go to Randall underscore Unger on Twitter or check out his reviews on themovienetwork.com or realreviewsnyc.wordpress.com. That's R-E-E-L, reviewsnyc.wordpress.com. You can like the Movie Lovers Podcast fan page on Facebook, tweet us at Films We Watched on Twitter, and subscribe to us on iTunes under the Movie Lovers Podcast. Reviews are much appreciated. Special thanks to Logan Ulberg for producing the theme music for the Movie Lovers Podcast, soundonsite.org for our Films We Watched film review column to listeners like you. So on today's episode, we have Randall Unger from the Movie Network. Randall, welcome to the show. And uh, if you can, just uh, talk a little bit about your work with uh, the Movie Network. Sure, Chris. Thanks. So like Chris said, uh, my name is Randall Unger. I'm with the Movie Network. Uh, It's a website that has uh, basically all your movie needs, all your info, um, including reviews, interviews, and giveaways. Um, I currently write reviews for them, 
as well as uh, conducting talent with, uh, uh, sorry, interviews with talent rather. And uh, yeah, I've been with them just a few months, but so far so good. That's great. That's great. And what are some type of interviews and some type of films that you guys are reviewing over there? It's honestly, it's a mixed bag, you know. Um, so far, I've had uh, close to seven uh, interviews. The biggest names would probably be uh, Cal Penn for his latest film with Martin Sheen called uh, Bhopal. Um, it's about, um, basically, it's a, a, a drama based on, on actual events that took place in India about a very big uh, chemical spill that basically um, destroyed a lot of lives. And actually, people in India are still feeling the effects. So I had a chance to speak with Cal Penn, very nice guy. Um, I also spoke with Haley Joe Osmond on his new film, Sex Ed. Uh, uh, I interviewed the directors of Penguins of Madagascar, uh, as well as the screenwriters of Big Eyes. And last week I interviewed, I, the, this was the best so far, uh, Marissa Tomei and Sam Rockwell for the new film. And this week, I'm interviewing Jude Law and the director of their new film, uh, Black Sea. So it's been an exciting few wow. months, to say the least. That's great. So you guys just cover everything. It doesn't necessarily have to be big blockbusters. It could be independent. It could range from adult-type movies to, to kid cartoon-type movies. It seems like you covered the, the full gamut. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, most, most of the films I have reviewed and covered are uh, independent dramedies. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why, but apparently those are like the films that get you know publicized the most because they mm -hmm. don't really have a strong audience. So they come to me and other reviewers to basically get the word out, and it's it's fun, you know. Oh sure. Yeah, sure. I like the fact that it's not just one genre or one type of movie. It's basically like I said, it's a mixed bag. So it's fun. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You're giving a lot of publicity and a lot of promotion to a lot of films that might need it. So that's that's great. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. So on today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Oscar nominations. Uh, and also, we're going to be reviewing Paul Thomas Anderson's newest film, Inherent Vice. So to get things rolling, uh, the big buzz nowadays uh, are the Oscars that are going to come up shortly. Uh, so, what are your thoughts in general of the nominations? Well, you know, this, last fall was probably one of the greatest uh, seasons of movies I've ever seen. And luckily, it's when I really you know, got the ball rolling with my movie reviews. Mm -hmm. And basically, honestly, I didn't see every single one of these movies. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you did. Chris. Uh, I saw I saw a lot, but there are some that kind of missed my my horizon a little bit. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm actually, I'm looking at the list right now. And yeah, me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we do like a like a brief uh, conversation for each? Sure. Or? Sure. So I'm looking at Best Picture right now. Yeah, me too. Yep. So it looks like uh, we have American Sniper. Right. By Clint Eastwood. Mm -hmm. uh, Birdman. We have uh, Boyhood. The Grand Budapest Hotel, The mm. Imitation Game, Selma, right. The Theory of Everything, and oh. Whiplash. Yes. So I think from, from prior discussion, I think 
I might know what you really want to win as far as best picture, but let's separate <laughs> it. Let's let's say what you want to win versus right. who do you think will win. Right. Well, honestly, it was a little syrupy, but I really love the theory of everything. Yeah. I yeah. thought Eddie Ray, Redmayne, Redmayne was amazing, mm. and I thought the picture was just – it just had a really nice, touching, heartfelt feel to it. Mm. And – you know, just they, they, the two stars, they made it work. And honestly, it was just a pleasant film to watch. Yeah. Um, having said that, though, I know Boyhood's going to win because it's been basically cleaning up this season in terms of awards. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very good movie. I didn't think it was, you know, great, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's a little overrated, you know, and I, to just. I felt I, that too. I, yeah. 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 You know, and I, um, you know, a lot of the consensus after it came out on VOD and mm-hmm. uh, on, on video was saying that, you know, there's a separation, there's a divide between people who saw it in theaters and those that saw it digitally or mm-hmm. on, on DVD. And it seems like it's, you had to really appreciate it on a, big sc- on a big screen in order to say it was worth this Best Picture nomination. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people that saw it afterwards, they are kind of, um, undermined it a little bit more. Yeah. Did, did you see it in the theater or did you see it? Yeah, I yeah. saw it in a screening. Okay. Uh, so basically the big screen. Mm. And I actually, I do want to give it another try, uh, another viewing, mm-hmm. because I really want to see what every, all the, like, all this hoopla is about. Like, cause I really didn't get it. Like, the first impression was like, this movie, it's, it's good, it's well acted. Mm-hmm. And it's cute the way they, you know, filmed the kid over 12 years. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that, that innovative type of filmmaking, it, it didn't really grab me. Uh, so right. I, I got, I got to give it another viewing to see uh, before, you know, before the awards ceremony to see, to, to really like dig into it and really find out why everyone loves this movie so much. Right. Right. I, and I totally agree. I think it, this this film's probably a little bit more unique than others because I feel like the attention surrounding it is really about the technicality, about the filmmaking process, right. and not really the plot itself. Whereas right. I think if it was any other film, no one would really know about the the filmmaking process of it. So no one would it wouldn't really bring, be brought up in conversation. You right. know, so if, it feels like that this is a rare exception to the rule. You know, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure if it would win uh, Best Picture. It, it is cleaning up, but something is, like, telling me that there is still this hesitation to bring R- Richard Linklater into the limelight a little bit more. It, it might be a little bit too indie, a little bit uh, not a an Oscar-baity type of film compared to the other choices that I see. So I'm, I'm kind of hesitant in saying that it would win, but... I would be really surprised, and I, I think it would it would really uh, bring the Oscars into another limelight if uh, if something like Boyhood won at, w- would win. I would think that it could open up a lot of doors for for other types of films and filmmakers. What do you, what do you see winning, Chris? Uh, it's it's tough. I you know I think the theory of everything might have a good chance. It seems like it has that that big Oscar vibe. You know, it has that that big. Uh, draw with the the drama and the connections between the relationships in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, Selma uh, might have a good uh, 
a good vibe, might have a good chance just because of the diversity aspect, which mm, which okay. a lot of times the Oscars pulls in. But I'm not sure if we already had that last year with uh, 12 Years a Slave. So right. um, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, if, if Boyhood wins, that would that would be kind of cool. I would, although I like you said, I, I didn't get, I didn't quite get it the first time around, and it does require a second viewing for me at least. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Whiplash is on the list, and while I think J.K. Simmons gave an amazing performance, and I really hope he wins, I, I, I it won't. Whiplash won't win Best Picture, right. but it's definitely my number two. Uh, my number two pick, right, and that's that's probably my my number one pick. If that's oh, really? that's my heartfelt pick, yeah. uh, just because it was it was my favorite of last year, and uh, it was it was just phenomenal. I can't. Yeah. I've I've seen that film three times in the movies, and really? I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but awesome. yeah, like you said, it's it's probably not going to win uh, yeah. just because of the draw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's look at. Let's look at actor and actress. Okay. You know, not not to say that we'll go through the full list, but right, <laughs> right, yeah, that might take up a lot of time. But let's uh, let's look at the actors. Um, uh, we have Steve Carell in Foxcatcher. Great performance. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, uh, we have Bradley. I don't Coop. think it'll win, but um, yeah, you don't. No, I mean, you know, just because the only things that, that that performance had going for it were a prosthetic nose and <laughs> a lot of uh, awkward tension. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great performance, but like, you know, right. And I, it would be nice to see, you know, Michael Scott win an Oscar. But <laughs> I don't think right. it'll happen. I feel like that that is the buzz, though, that everyone's just raving about his performance, that it's something totally out of the box for Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure if that's going to pull in the win, but yeah. Uh, Honestly, I thought it was more of a supporting role. Right, right. Yeah, it did. It did have that feel. You know, it did have between uh, the three main actors between uh, uh, Tatum Chatham and um, uh, my. I'm drawing a Mark Ruffalo. There you go. Yeah. Between the three of them, it seemed like it, it was kind of this equal draw. Right. Right. I'm just glad Channing Tatum wasn't nominated. Right, yeah, that's just that would be the sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> I don't know though. I mean, I feel like uh, <laughs> it was okay. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I felt like it was definitely a different performance for him. I feel like uh, he has been kind of upping his game a little bit from his Step Up days. So right. So it seems like he's making some wider choices and. Who knows what what else he'll do in the future? Yeah. Yeah, and just a side note: is he playing a Marvel character this summer? Oh, I, I believe so. I believe yeah. so. Um, hmm. I'll I'll look that up. But yeah, I think it's I think they're kind of gearing him up towards his own spinoff and stuff. Right. Yeah. And he's coming out of the new uh, Wachowski Brothers film. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, which, I saw the trailer. It actually looks a lot like a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. It does. Hmm. Um, but um, yeah, Cloud Atlas was not so fun. <laughs> yeah, that was a little daunting for me. Yeah, yeah. it's a little kind of kind of slow actually. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yep. And just uh, as a side note, uh, yeah. he's going to be playing Gambit in the uh, part of the X Men universe. Right. That's yeah. it. Didn't he? What? Didn't he play Gambit in uh, Wolverine Origins, or was that someone else? Uh, I I don't recall seeing him there. But okay. you know, I, I could be wrong. But I want to. It wasn't. Um, 
Um, it wasn't uh, Ryan Reynolds, right? Right. That's. Uh, he played a, a Deadpool. I think. There you go, Deadpool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to brush up on my X Men uh, <laughs> universe. All right. So, continuing along. Yes. Uh, so we have Steve Carell. We have Bradley Cooper, an American mm-hmm. Sniper. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in the Imitation Game. Right. Michael Keaton in Birdman. Yes. And Eddie Redman in The Theory of Everything. Yes, yes. So. The last two, um, I think it's going to be a a nice little competition between them. uh, Because, you know, Keaton's been also, he's been cleaning up. He Mm -hmm. uh, is obviously the favorite. Um, And, you know, you and I, I'm I'm assuming you're in your 20s. So you grew up with, with Keaton as Beetlejuice and Batman. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. So to see him win an Academy Award would be pretty outstanding. Yeah, it does seem like it would be a Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm, that's but, that's good. Yeah, that's actually a nice way. Like they disguised it as such. Right, right. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think he's well deserving of it. Yeah, I think uh, that probably would be my favorite mm-hmm. of the list. Um, and it it wouldn't shock me if he did win that. Right. Um, if it wasn't for like a lifetime effort. But do you think there are more stable, uh, more kind of general of the road choices from from the list? Well, okay. So Eddie Redmayne, he won uh, the Golden Globe for Best Dramatic uh, Feature Performance by an actor. Right. And I thought he was a lot better than Keaton mm-hmm. in Birdman. So because he he really tr- transformed his. Not just him, just his body and the way he spoke and everything about him. He was totally he turned into Stephen Hawking, right. and it was just like I I got a little misty. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It, it was a really powerful performance, mm-hmm. and you know I would love to see him win, but at the same time I'd love to see Keaton win. So it's kind of a toss up right there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think the award might go to him if they're not gonna do. That that lifetime, oh, let's give it to Batman award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Good. So it's it's a tough call. It is. It is a tough call. Yeah. But I I think it's fair to say that there wouldn't be any uh, shockers in there. It seems like each hmm. person in the category kind of is deserving it, whether they were good in the film or knowing how the Oscars run. Uh, it's kind of a a main slotted position for them. Seems like American Sniper, for an example, is kind of that has Clint Eastwood going for it. It's yeah. very pro America. It seems like it's it's up there in the Oscar predictions yeah. list. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So I could I could easily war see. War is a very popular subject to tackle on film, especially for the right. Oscars. So. Right. 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 So. We'll yeah. There's a there's a whole bunch of uh, good nominations there. Yeah. All right. So, lastly, let's uh, jump to actress. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, Marianne uh, Cotillard in Two Days, One Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felicity Jones in The Theory of Everything. Julian Moore in Still Alice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosemond Pike in Gone Girl, and Reese Weatherspoon in Wild. Yes. Okay. What do you think? Well, I you know I saw Still Alice. And I did see Wild, mm-hmm. and um, while both are great perform- performances, I and Julianne Moore has been winning quite a bit lately. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. You know, it's tough. I mean, I, I, I I'm pretty certain she's going to win because it's you know it's about Alzheimer's. It's something you know m- many people 
are afflicted with. So a lot of people will relate. Um, And it was just, you know, honestly, just a a good performance. And you really believe that she was this person who was suffering uh, this illness. Um, So I think she's going to win. But then again, Reese Witherspoon also gave it her all in Wild. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I think Julianne Moore uh, is going to win, even though I think Reese Witherspoon is going to give her a run for her money. You know, I agree with that, too. It seems like the subject matter, uh, it seems like any illness really kind of favors the Oscars uh, yeah. a lot. So, and, and she did give a really good performance in, in Still Alice, so I, I wouldn't be shocked to see if, her, if she won. And then um, I, I, I have heard that, like Matthew McConaughey, uh, they're calling um, Reese Witherspoon's involvement in Wild uh, like a, a renaissance uh think they're calling it a a, a renaissance uh just because yeah just because uh she's she really wowed the audience in wild uh, i haven't i haven't seen wild yet so i can't right. vouch for her performance but there is plenty of buzz going around that a, so what was it a, a renaissance yeah something yeah something <laughs> like that so okay. it's like you had you had the mechan the uh, reconnaissance last uh-huh. year uh, gotcha. Yeah, so, so a, a new chapter in the actor's career. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, and then I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Rosamund Pike uh, got a got a nod on Gone Girl. I feel mm-hmm. I feel like she really gave a a very bipolar uh, performance in that film, and I think it, it shocked a lot of people. Yeah. But uh, but who knows? Who knows with the Oscars, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they they they. Um... Oh, nominated Felicity Jones. I mean, she was good and she's cute and everything, but right. I don't think she, I mean, I don't know what the real, um, what was it? Oh, I forget her name, but the, the real Mrs. Hawking, um, what she looked like or sounded like. Mm-hmm. I don't know how close that was to reality, that performance. Right. Right. And I'm not sure I'm, it might not even matter uh, for all we know, but yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not sure if it was really a, a memorable performance no. you know, in or compared to the others. Right. So, yeah. so yeah, so there's some pretty stiff competition overall. Yeah. And, um, I guess it's, it's really up to the Academy to make that decision. Yeah, it is. We'll yeah. see. Any, any other comments about the Oscars? Oh, well, who's hosting Neil Patrick Harris again? Yep. Yep. Okay. Did he host last year or the or the year before? Um, last year was no, no um, Seth MacFarlane, right? Right, right. He was, la- and then Billy Crystal was kind of in the mix for a while too, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I believe but, yeah. I believe Neil Patrick Harris did the Emmys at one point. Um, I think yeah. he's he's done the Tonys a few times as well. Right, right. Yeah, he definitely so. has big involvement there. So yeah, he's pretty much the go-to guy when it comes to hosting. Yeah, he's kind of a <laughs> a, a triple threat in a lot of yeah. regards. Yeah, All I right. mean he's he's good, but honestly, I, I really love Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's great. He's great. His timing is impeccable between yeah. between uh, nominations and awards. Yeah, and and you gotta love those opening uh, montages. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, the choices here. At this point, let's take a listen to Paul Thomas Anderson's trailer to Inherit Vice. If it's a quiet night out at the beach and your ex old lady suddenly out of nowhere shows up with a story about her current billionaire land developer boyfriend 
and his wife and her boyfriend and a plot to kidnap the billionaire and throw him in a loony bin. I need your help, Doc. Maybe you should just look the other way. But if you're Doc, it may all start to get a little peculiar after that. Michael Z. Wolfman. And Mickey Wolfman. And Mickey Wolfman. Has vanished. So wh where would I uh, find him? He's technically Jewish, but wants to be a Nazi. And a girl don't necessarily want to get into difficulties with those folks. Should a spare picture I can borrow? Ah! Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you're better off with the Nazi. Whoa. Are you all right? Am I? Are you? Ordinarily, we're the ones asking the questions. And your question is, which side am I on? Good question. Wrong answer. Choto, Kirichiro, Dozo, Moto Penekeku, Moto Penekeku, Moto Penekeku, Hai, Hai, Hai. Doc may not be a do-gooder, but he's done good. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be. Good luck, Doc. What a wonderful world this would be. Coming just in time for Christmas. All right, so moving on uh, to our review of uh, Paul Tom, uh, Thomas Anderson's Inherit Vice. Mm. Uh, so this was your first time seeing it, right? Yeah, saw it last night. Okay, okay. Did you walk out of the theater just with your mind blown, or did you have headaches, or a little bit of both? <laughs> kind of a mixture of both. Uh, yeah. It was not really a headache. It was more a bit of, not confusion, just you know, I was annoyed a little bit that okay. this movie, you know, it tried to be clever and it did succeed in being clever in some points. But for the most part, honestly, it just, it wasn't very cohesive and it, it just kind of meandered a bit. It was very kind of slow moving. And I know that's Paul Thomas Anderson's style, mm -hmm. but um, a, a movie like this, like I was expecting like a like a big Lebowski type of, you know, really funny, really, you know, quirky action right. and colorful characters, which there were. There were colorful characters, but I think the screenplay and the story just didn't allow the characters to really, you know, flourish and really... Because I think there, there's a good movie in, in Heron Vice, but it's kind of buried mm. on just, like, a lot of unnecessary plot points and really... Let's try to confuse the audience and see how you know clever we can get. Honestly, even with 24 hours behind me, I'm still kind of digesting it. But first impression is I was really kind of disappointed. Right, right. And I don't blame you. Uh, this is the second time I've seen it. Um, I mm. saw it actually at the, the New York Film Festival. Cool. And it, it was uh, a challenge uh, walking out of the theater. I I was so focused in trying to connect the dots uh, throughout the the whole film that it's it's practically impossible to do that 
by the end. It, it seems like there was a shift in the huh. film where you're trying to figure everything out, everything's going smoothly, and then all of a sudden, uh, Joaquin's Phoenix character, the doc, um, mm-hmm. he he kind of gets into this paranoia, stoner state that everything's kind of mixing together, and it was really hard to kind of... Um, Are you talking about the, the, the naked girlfriend scene? Yeah, that. Um, just um, a lot of the stuff with Josh Brolin's character, mm. you know, him walking in, eating uh, his weed and... I don't know whether that existed or not, if that was a, f- a fragment in his head. Um, right. You know, it's just, a, a, and that's that's a big uh, question that the film does pose, whether or not a lot of what's going on is, in fact, real, or if it's just, uh, you know, his stoner state. <laughs> and right, uh, right. so looking back and seeing it a second time, you know, I was kind of separated myself from the plot a little bit just to kind of see how the characters were kind of blending together, kind of analyzed the Doc character a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, w- it was uh, less of a challenge for me the second time. And it, it's like that with a lot of uh, P.T. Anderson's films. It's, uh, yeah. It requires a second, third, fourth viewing. Right. And whether or not that makes for good filmmaking uh, or if that's your preference, you know, it, it, it's definitely um, not for everyone. You know? Right. You know? Well... I, I do respect Anderson's choices, uh, not all of them, right. but some. Um, you know, I don't know if I'd call him an, an auteur, mm-hmm. um, but he's definitely he definitely has an artistic touch right. uh, with his with his filmmaking. Um, I've noticed this with a lot of his films. Most uh, recently, I saw um, "There Will Be Blood," mm-hmm. and I thought that was a great movie, mm-hmm. but. I think that too was very long. It was, I think that was close to three hours. Um, And there were some scenes that were also, they kind of dragged. And I, I mean, I, I guess that's Anderson's way of just, you know, creating tension and really kind of building up the atmosphere. And I respect that choice, but it really, honestly, it doesn't make for, you know, you know, fun, fun storytelling, which is what audiences go to the movies for. Um, you know, that, and I mean, they, they also go for, for, you know, nice, you know, for good art, but I think mostly audiences go for, you know, an interesting story and Inherent Vice has a story. It's just not that interesting. Right. Right. And it's also, it can get a little bit lost in, in the thicket of things. So I agree. I think there are, uh, great performances. I think like a lot of P.T. Anderson's films, uh, when looking back on the film, you kind of remember certain scenes, you remember certain performances, but you may forget what the overall picture is about, you know? Right. And, um, you know, uh, Inherit Vice does not uh, fall short of that uh, testament either. Um, I've There are a couple of holes I have in his filmography, but I do feel like that his later films, There Will Be Blood and The Master, uh, I had similar reactions to The Master. I, I was I was very challenged and I had to go back and back uh, yeah. to kind of get certain points. Um, but I do feel like that his later work especially is a little bit harder to chew. And whether whether or not that's something that I like, I always like a good challenge. Um, I'm, I'm not to say that I was totally confused, but uh, at the end when you're walking out of the theater and you are kind of confused about 
you know, certain plot points that you saw 5, 10, 15 minutes ago, it does not reflect as a a, a joyful movie experience, right. in my opinion. <laughs> right. Not to say that a good challenge is it provides for some great filmmaking, and it's totally different than saying that a movie can pose a lot of questions, it can pose a lot of uh, moral conflicts, and it could bring up great discussion, but like a lot of his films, it does pose more questions about the actual plot as opposed to uh, general topics that conflict society or, or allow people to make their own moral judgments on. So, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely don't think Inherent Vice posed any important or pivotal questions on society. Right. right. I def- the only question was, like you said, is this real or is this a stoner's uh, hallucinated fantasy? Right. Uh, and that's really the only thing I came out of the film. Walk, you know, I walked out on, um, w- walked out of the theater thinking, like, was this real? Was this? Was there a point to all this? Was this or is this guy just really high the whole time? And right, right. I think he was just high the whole time. And yeah, I don't know. It, it just it didn't. Ah, it. I just it, it left a sour taste in my mouth. It, it right. just. I don't know. I was really, I went in with high expectations, like, this is going to be the Big Lebowski 2. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it, and honest, that's, that it, is a perfect uh, comparison. Uh, thank you. Uh, the Big Lebowski is definitely one of those films that requires a lot of viewings. You know, you might need to watch it a second, third time to get those connections and maybe get a couple of jokes. Um, yeah. But I feel like that had a little bit more substance than, than this film. Yeah, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, but not to say there were some pretty funny moments in this film. Mm. Uh, the the scenes, they were scattered, <laughs> right? They were scattered and they were few, but they, they were there. Um, I did like. I mean, I, honestly, can't think of any funny. The only funny scene I can recall really, um, it was used in the trailer. It's uh, it's Josh Brolin. In in the, the like the Vietnamese restaurant where he's eating pancakes, right, right, just over it's, and over again. Yeah, molto. I don't know what he said. Like more pancakes yeah. in the bar. Molto panicaco. Yeah. <laughs> that was genius. Yeah, yeah, and his character was awesome. Yeah, yeah. His, just stone face. You know, just a militant character that that didn't want anything of it, and it was a good casting choice. Yeah, very much so. I think he nailed it. I thought. Um, you know, he was like this, just this, like this macho guy out of the fifties FBI mm-hmm. agent, and uh, you know, it, it was kind of reminiscent of his role as K in Men in Black Three. Right, right. right. Um, but I love Josh Brown. I think you know, I, I, I think the first thing we all knew him in was The Goonies. Right, right. Um, but he he didn't really do much uh, after that until maybe yeah, it was like twenty years later he did. Um, uh, no Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. and um, again he nailed it, knocked it out of the park in that role. Right. But uh, with Inherent Vice, he he was he might have been I think one of the yeah the stronger uh, performances in that film. Right. Um, in, in terms of just funny scenes, funny moments, mm-hmm. uh, they, they were just like I said, really scattered and you know all over the place, and you know they didn't re- really let you know pose or um, <clears throat> present a lasting impression, which, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate because a movie like that should have been a lot funnier, I think. Right, right. 
But um, right. So you would have you you took this more as a comedic uh, film as more yeah. than a drama or something on that regards because yeah. On on the surface, you would think that it definitely has some pretty heavy-handed uh, topics and could go the full drama route, and that could have been the expectation with a lot of people. Mm. But it definitely was a lot more campier than than one would have expected. Yeah, it's kind of like it, it didn't know what kind of movie it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like it was confused as to what the identity was. Right, especially and, especially with the uh, the mind short character. He, yeah, he I, he added a level of zaniness that was kind of over the top compared to everyone else. Exactly, and yeah. and Benicio del Toro's you know part was really he was totally underused. I think. Oh, I I agree completely. Like he was in the movie for like maybe four minutes, five minutes tops. Right. Right. And his, like, I wanted to see more of his, you know, his marine lawyer background. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of reminded me of, uh, like, you know, Better Call Saul from uh, Breaking Bad. Right. Saul Goodman. Right, right. So, you know, I, I it, it, it could have been a lot better. Maybe I need to see it again, and mm-hmm. I probably will. But, you know, like I said, first impression, very, it, it just, it could have been a lot better. Right, right. Any other stand-up performances? Oh, you didn't really mention um, Joaquin Phoenix's role. Uh, oh, I mean, do you think he was the centerpiece of the film? Well, you know, I was reading about the movie um, before this podcast, and they said Robert Downey Jr. was approached uh, to originally play Doc. Right, I read that too. Yeah, yeah that that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Yeah. But I, you know, I love Joaquin. He's just so random. Mm-hmm. Like especially with his, you know, when he was, he wanted to be a rapper and mm-hmm. all that weirdness with the the sunglasses and the beard. Mm-hmm. I think I think he was perfect in this role, but again, I, the, I think the the script did it worked against him. Right, right. And that's what really hurt the movie. Right, right. And did you by any chance read the the novel that I was based on? No, no. Um, I have not read that book. It's what's Pinchon was it? Right. Uh, Thomas Pinchon, no. Have you? No, no, but I have heard that it was pretty close to uh, that novel. There were some um, changes. I'm not quite sure what they were, but it was pretty verbatim for the most okay. part. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that probably explains why the script made certain choices. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think overall, I think we're on the same page. I think... The the performances definitely outweighed the script, outweighed mm-hmm. the the plot a lot, and um, yeah, I think maybe a year from now, uh, if I look back at the just this movie and if you associate what I think of when thinking of Inherit Vice, I'm definitely going to think of uh, certain performances and right. Joaquin Phoenix and Josh Brolin's definitely going to be those two stand up performances. And they were just, I mean. They threw in a lot of great actors in this. Right. Uh, let me. I'm reading off now. Owen Wilson was in it. Right. Um, Reese Witherspoon. Right. Uh, she was uh, not utilized that that much. No, either. no. Yeah. She only had a few minutes on screen as well, and right. she. I think she had a really interesting character. As the, right. Well, she, she was an attorney, I think, and. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Jenna Malone had a good role. Right. Maya Rudolph was in it. <laughs> That was random. She um, she played the receptionist at Doc's office. Yeah, yeah. And she, oh. She's uh, P.T. Anderson's wife. 
Oh, is she really? In real life, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so that probably explains why she got some (laughs) parts, yeah. I'm surprised she didn't get a bigger role. She's good. (laughs) That's true, that's true. Hmm. That's true. But, no, a great cast like that, a movie like this, you know, you immediately think, like, it's on par with maybe, like, dare I say, Pulp Fiction, you know? Right, right. It's got, it, it, it had that, that, um, Tarantino vibe to it in some scenes. Right. Um, but, you know, honestly, just not nearly as good as, as Pulp Fiction. Right, right. So, it, yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated, Chris, because it's a, I want to love this movie, but I really, I don't even really like it that much. <laughs> right. And yes. I'm on, I'm on the same page. And it's funny because you were listing the supporting characters and how it was a great ensemble. And I'm thinking now that, you know, maybe that was a, a big issue for the film, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm comparing it to, let's say, Whiplash. You know, there weren't many characters in Whiplash. You know, it was a very simple film with only a handful of characters. Right. And, and only, like, one really big name. Right, right. And it was, it was digestible. It was, it, was, right. it was very digestible. Whereas this, I think because you see the onslaught of actors in, in a film like this, you're, you want to make those connections and you want to connect those dots. And, mm. you know... It's it's just impossible at a at a certain point where you have to actually see where how one relationship affects another relationship and how this yeah. kind of plays in in the in the overhaul of it. I think yeah, if they shorten the, the cast a little bit and just focus on maybe maybe three characters, mm-hmm. cut down the runtime, which is two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this would be a tighter movie, you know, a more interesting movie mm-hmm. instead of just like. Is he is he high? Is he not? You know, yeah. oh, there's a naked chick. That's the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When at the end of the day, when you're asking, was he high or not? If that was the biggest question you're asking yourself, <laughs> maybe you have to reconsider the uh, the greatness of the movie. <laughs> and and now you, you said you saw it three times. Uh, this is my second time. Second. Yeah, and How- it. Yeah, it was sorry. it was better the second time. It was, and I'm I'm totally like that with PT Anderson films. I do have to, with the exception of maybe Punch Drunk Drunk Love, yeah. um, I had to like watch it a couple times to get certain connections. Okay, uh, but yep. that that's just my relationship with the director, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see myself on rewatch a third, fourth time, even uh, liking yeah. it more. I certainly liked it more the second time than the first time. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I was like that with the master. Yeah, uh, the master. Actually, I, I think first time I tried watching it, but I I, I don't think I, I got through it all. Then the second time it was on cable, and it was just it was it was weird, but I liked it, you know. And I love Joaquin's you know performance in it. I thought he was really believable and intense, which which is what I look for in a in an, in an actor. Yeah. yeah. And he, yeah, he's he's just he's great. Yeah. Yeah, but this, I don't honestly, I don't because it's so long. I don't know if I'm going to be watching it again anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah, um, I think I'm just going to let this, you know, this first impression linger a, a, a bit more, and uh, we'll see. I, yeah, totally. To kind of go back uh, to the Oscars, um, this was nominated for best adapted screenplay. Um, okay. Though I don't know why, because. <laughs> It's extremely confusing, um, but <laughs> I guess there's not much to choose from as far as adaptations go. So they had well, to put something yeah. in there. <laughs> but but it was also nominated for a second Oscar, and that was uh, best costume. 
So okay. that I I think was was definitely um, well deserved that nomination. Good point. Good point. As far as a period piece goes, it, yeah. it definitely it felt like uh, we were in you know the sixties seventies eras. You know, so definitely, definitely. I, I think if it, if it were to win an Oscar, that that should be the only category. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Josh Brolin was pretty great. So, yeah. but he, he wasn't. Nominated. Yeah, he's not even nominated. I believe so. He was probably the strongest. I think, yeah, him and Joaquin were the. They were, those were the two best performances in the film. Right. I agree. I agree. Martin Short could have had an amazing scene, a few scenes, but yeah, it was limited to just kind of just you know comic relief, and right. it wasn't funny in that. That that car scene was great. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was cute. Yeah, when he was kind of uh, freaking out, that was a <laughs> that was a pretty uh, memorable scene. Yeah, it was. <laughs> One of the few memorable memorable <laughs> scenes in this film. Right. So, um, anything else uh, to mention about the film? Any other lasting impressions before we get into ratings? Um, in, in when we get into what? Sorry, ratings. Just giving an overall rating. Oh, um, uh, it's, I'm looking. I'm actually on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, not really. Just that it could have been the next Big Lebowski, and it it fell somewhat oh, short. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Good 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 ending point on that. Thank you. Okay, so your ratings from let's say a uh, one to four star ratings, what would you oh. give it? One to four. Okay, I would probably you know, I w I wasn't impressed. Though then again I wasn't totally like you know, let down because it, it did have it did feel like nineteen seventy. Mm-hmm. Um Everything from the costumes to the cars to the sets. Mm -hmm. and jo Joaquin was awesome mm -hmm. as Josh. So I'd probably give it two, maybe two and a half. Yep, I'm I'm right there. I would say the first time I, I watched it, I would probably give it a two. I think it bumped up uh, mm -hmm. a half a star for me. Uh, and who knows, in the future, it might bump up more. But I'm at a 2.5 right now. Yeah. Yeah, and that's purely, like you said, performance-based and, and setting-based. So yeah. I'm right there with you. Cool. All right. All right, Randy, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's about it.
Right. 